Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. Today's topic can be described many different ways, but there's one term I love a lot because it's the most inclusive and lets you know just how normal being trans is. So break out the science textbooks. We're talking body hacking. Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, my oasis in the desert, Susan Bridges. I can't believe you're coming up with a different one for every episode. It's a good challenge. <laughs> I like it. I'm a writer. It's a good writing challenge. Okay. Uh-huh. Our returning guest is Jack Knoxville, who was the first trans mask candidate for political office in the Southern United States. He's an activist and digital strategist who specializes in building power for marginalized communities. As the founder and executive director of Trans Empowerment Project, Jack is also an award-winning transformational leader who is an expert at creating and executing strategic initiatives to build power and achieve movement-wide goals. Welcome back, Jack. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. It's great to have you back. So I got a couple other little questions for you, for uh, the audience to get to know you out there. What is or has been the most surprising thing about transitioning for you? Uh, Finding as much joy as I did. Yeah. It's, It's such a wonderful surprise. I had so much anxiety before I started transitioning. Sure. I mean, you know, we all do. We're all so nervous about it. I really had no idea how much better my life would be by being able to really step into my myself, my authentic self. Yeah, I mean, I I, had, I hoped, I guess, at the beginning, you know, that, that I would find this extra level of happiness and joy and just contentment with myself afterward, but you you don't always know, you know, and so when it finally shows up, it, it's this really amazing thing. So I definitely feel that. What, what is one piece of advice that um, you would give to people just starting transition or something you wish you knew going in ahead of time? Um, you know, I honestly, I wish that I would have known there is no roadmap for what yeah. transitioning looks like, that there is no one way to exist as a human being, let alone a trans human being. And mm-hmm. so each of us do have our own journeys, our own experiences, you know, whether it's ever being on hormones or not, ever yeah. having surgery or not, ever, you know, changing your name, ever changing pronouns, whatever it is, like whoever you are is completely valid as you are. And yeah. so I wish I would have known that before I started transitioning just throughout life. It would have been a wonderful thing to really know, but especially as a, as somebody who is transitioning or, you know, who is starting their journey, I would say really just remembering that, that you are valid in your existence, however you are right now. Yeah. I, and I think that's really important because there are 
well, there, there's a segment, I guess, of uh, the trans community who feels like you are not quote unquote really trans if you don't do X, Y, and Z. And that is wrong and it's garbage. And those, those are garbage people you should not listen to that need to do better. Because you can do or not do anything that you want. It's all about what's right for you. And that's in fact, I'm getting into today's topic, which we'll be talking about in just a second. But before we get there, please remind people again where they can find you online. Absolutely. Y'all feel free to go to transempowerment.org. That is the place to go to get connected with all things related to Trans Empowerment Project. You can also go to jackknoxville.com to get connected with me personally. Excellent. I hope everyone does that because you're great. Okay, so what the heck is body hacking? It's using science and medicine to change our bodies in ways we need or desire. A pretty simple concept, right? And I bet you're like, wait a second, cis people do that too. Yes, they do. Our bodies are our bodies. And until our present cyberpunk dystopia makes the leap to consciousness transference, we're stuck in them for life. But we can and should do what we need to in order to make our stay in these meat sacks as pleasant an experience as possible. Literally, all of you listening have hacked your bodies before. Do you take medication to treat a disease or condition? That's body hacking. Have you had a knee replaced? Body hacking. Have you taken ibuprofen for a headache or had a drink to relax? It's all body hacking. We use the tools at our disposal via science and medicine to make our bodies and minds function better or feel better. And it's really amazing to think about. We change our bodies or the way that they work to make ourselves happier and healthier, and it saves lives. To me, it's just immensely cool. And humans have always done it, going back forever to herbal remedies passed down from generation to generation, probably predating written history. It's part of being human. It's what all of medicine is founded on. It's part of us. All of which is just to say that the things trans people do to make ourselves at home in our own bodies is the exact same thing. And there are various ways this is done, but the most common and well-known is probably HRT, hormone replacement therapy. If you want more information on that, please see the past Trans Tuesday thread on hormone replacement therapy. Spoiler, it's also about patience, which is a very key factor in transitioning. But as the super briefest of summations, HRT usually involves lowering or blocking one hormone, estrogen or testosterone, and adding or replacing it with the other. It's a little more complicated than that, but that's the gist of it. And a quick reminder relating to what Jack said earlier, not all trans people are on HRT or even want it. And some might not be able to be on it for medical reasons. And not everyone who is on HRT does all the HRT someone else might be doing. And that makes them no less trans, okay? Okay. I just mentioned all of this now so that you have something of a base to work from. Is, is there something like this, some kind of body hacking that has made your life better, Jack, that has something you've done that has made your quality of life improve? Oh, yeah. Uh, so fairly recently, I have been very focused on just getting healthy. Um, that's healing from traumas. I mean, forever of traumas, uh, decades of trauma. And also just getting healthy, getting more comfortable in my body, as you were just talking about, Tilly. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, starting in, I think it, I really buckled down in like July of this past year of 2022. Um, I started doing some intermittent fasting and whatnot. I have managed to lose over 50 pounds. And so that has been a wonderful body hack for myself is like, 
really getting to know my body well enough to be able to lose weight in a way that's not just dieting, but actually like creating new choices for myself and yeah. new behaviors. Um, and, you know, this, this really came about from my realization that over the, so I started transitioning in 2015 and mm-hmm. during, since that time, I've been so focused on trying to help everybody else with their transitions that I haven't had much time to like reflect and process on my own transitions. And so for myself, I had that realization that like my body has never been able to be what I wanted it to be. And I've never, I've never had that day where I could be like, this is how I want to feel today or whatever. So now I'm reclaiming my power by really focusing on all kinds of body hacks to make sure that I can do this safely and in a way that is healthy without just crash dieting or any of that other stuff. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that's my, my story is, is kind of similar. The body hacking that I wanted to talk about today that helped me so much is exercise. And hold up, Tills, I hear you yell, WTF. Okay, just stick with me. If you are exercising simply to get in better shape or for medical, emotional, or mental health reasons, if you're exercising to feel better or to change the way your body looks, you are using science to hack your body. And this is why I like body hacking as a term, because it's a big umbrella that covers a lot of things. And to be extra clear, not all trans people need or want to or are able to exercise, and that is totally fine. I'm not at all saying that anyone else has to do what I did. Okay, so why the hell am I talking about exercising? I strongly suspected I was transgender in 2015. It was a slow realization, and Susan was aware of it the entire time. We have very good communication. We founded our relationship on this, right? That's why we're writers, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay. So I was 99.5% sure for a reason that I don't want to get into here. Although if we're friends and you really want to know, you can DM me and I'll, I'll tell you. I knew that even if I was trans, I wouldn't do anything about it until very specifically May of 2020. I know, right? That's really weird. But that meant that I could explore things at my own pace. In high school, I was on the track and cross country teams. I was talked into it by my best friend at the time who loved to run and what a fool I was. Oh, the pain. I really hate running. But around the same time that I began to suspect my true identity, my doctor ordered a routine blood test and she looked at the results and was like, hey, you should maybe do something about this, huh? It wasn't like I was in the danger zone or anything, but I was trending that way noticeably. I'd done couched at 5K like three times before, but I never stuck with it afterward. I'd be too busy, it would fall by the wayside, and I'd have to start all over again. And did I mention that I hate running? But I didn't want to actually get into the danger zone because Susan and our son need me, and also I really like being alive. It's pretty great. So I decided to make a very concerted effort to get back into exercising and stick with it. But how do I motivate myself to keep at it? Well, every week, if I went for all my runs, I allowed myself to go out to lunch and eat like I did in high school. Uh, For all of those lunches, I stuck to places I knew, everything that was familiar. So imagine my surprise at how that changed once my dysphoria lessened and dissipated years later. And I was suddenly not just open to entirely new experiences, but I was craving them. If you'd like more info on that, you can see the Trans Tuesday on Freeing Up My Brain, aka Lunch with Tilly. Did you notice anything like that? during your transition, Jack, where you had the energy and capacity to experience things afterward that you never could have pre-transition? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it, it has 
been so nice to to move into spaces where I feel like I have the mental health. Um, and that's that's really what I feel like one of the first impacts uh, as I started transitioning, as I started getting more comfortable with myself and owning my identity, um, mm-hmm. it just gave me the confidence. It gave me the strength. Um, and to be honest with you, even getting on HRT really helped with my um, overall well-being, not just from the traditional sense, but um, yeah, with my with my own journey finding out that like with my hormone levels were and all that other stuff. I didn't have that awareness before I started transitioning. So going in and being seen and, and getting somebody to really watch my hormone levels, um, you know, was nice because again, that really helped my mental health improve. So yeah, I've just seen so much more to me in general with being able to perform in, in all of the ways that feel more authentic for me. And also with not not feeling like I have to force myself to do things that are stereotypical for one gender versus another. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Absolutely. Well, those lunches that I had, they helped keep me going. And I also changed like half of my diet and I found a way to do it without feeling deprived, but that's really ancillary. The point is that being so very sure I was trans, but knowing I couldn't do anything about it for years, I realized that part of my dysphoria at the time was that I had what I'd call the very definition of a dad bod. And if I was the lady I suspected I was, and spoiler, I am, that body was going to cause problems for me. And I want to clarify again that I do not think every trans person needs to change their body in any way. They can change as much or as little as they like or are able. It's all about whatever is right for you. And that that goes for every human. But for me, it meant getting as far away from dad bod as I could. And suddenly running, which I still kind of hate, became not as awful because I was hacking my body. And that realization is where I consider my transition to have started back in 2015. It's weird to be so happy to exercise, but also hate so much of it. But it pushed me. It kept me going. I, I was running four or five Ks a week for like the past eight years. And I had to drop to two a week recently because our schedule's been um, bananas. But I crave getting back to four. And over time, I added in push-ups, and I'm doing hundreds of those multiple times a week. And not too far back, I added in crunches and bicep curls, and I'm more driven than I've ever been. And it's made me kind of buff, and I dig it. But it doesn't make me feel masculine, because I was never muscular when I pretended to be a man, if that makes sense. In this instance, it's not about getting away from what society says a man is, but from the man society thought I was. And besides, I've always found buff ladies amazing, and now I get to be one. And there are photos of me showing off my moderate buffness in the Google Doc and social media versions of this topic. So check that out if you want to see what all my hard work got me. I'm very proud of it. And and a friend found a person selling these pins on Etsy that uh, seemed made for me, and I had to get one. It says curls for girls over a flexing bicep, which is outlined in pink. Like, I love my biceps, and it's pink, and I love pink, and I do curls, and I have curls, and I'm a girl. There's a pic of that. So many levels. I know, right? There's So there's a photo of that also in the Google Doc and social media versions. But but anyway, to get back on topic, I know I'm incredibly privileged that exercise worked that well for me and that I was even able to do it. Everybody's body is different and responds in different ways. There are people who exercise as much as I do and don't see any visual difference. And, and that sucks. All, but all I can do is tell you about my own experience. Anyway, 
I then took it a step further. The first women's clothes I ever owned were my running clothes. I went to Target early one morning when nobody was there, went to the women's activewear section, and I bought a running hoodie for the winter. I was so nervous. I kept looking over my shoulder. There was literally nobody around, not even any employees, but I was sure there were 10,000 eyes and all store cameras pointed at me, wondering what a man was doing in the women's section. There was so much anxiety. They had a pink one, but I did not have the courage to get it. I felt like if I touched it, the ground would open up and swallow me. But there was a powder blue one, and the false dichotomy of our society usually associates that with men, so it felt a bit safer. Jack, I, I wanted to ask you, what was it like for you buying the first clothes that fit with your true self? Did you have as much anxiety as I did about it? Oh, yeah. I <laughs> uh, definitely understand Every, when you were saying about looking around and feeling like you had all these eyes on you and that the ground yeah. was going to open up. I still feel that way often <laughs> uh, when I'm shopping. And, you know, I'm I'm very fortunate to be in a place where Realistically, I mean, I, I could be stealth. I pass very easily, uh, which is a ton of privilege and huge steps up from where I used to be. But yeah, uh, I definitely understand that. And and I want to also add, uh, if I could, when you were talking about like that dad bod mentality, yeah. I actually went the other way with it. When I first started transitioning, um, I had very large chest. And that, of course, like for a trans guy, that is like the the one part of my body that uh, probably gave me the most dysphoria and it was yeah. the, the biggest, the most accentuated and I hated every part of it. And I, I've since come to realize that I really kept myself very overweight because of one, I mean, was healing from food traumas, uh, not having access to food as a kid, things like that. Mm -hmm. But two was also being able to to protect myself from being sexualized and dealing with the amount of uh, sexual trauma that I dealt with. And then on top of it is like, it was so much easier for people to accept that I was just a really fat guy. And so I owned that role. So for me, that was like, it was easier to and, and I mean, this is so weird to say out loud, but it was a lot easier for me to gain weight and to just have that awkwardness than it was for me to even think about where I was coming up with the funding for uh, top surgery and yeah. all the other binders and all the other things that I would have needed to try to mute that part of myself. So for me, I did the exact opposite. Instead of doubling down on exercise, I was like, eh, I'm gonna sit here and eat this uh, sub over here and then I'll have some pizza and, you know, we'll go from there. But yeah, it's, uh, so it's very interesting to hear your experience too. Uh, thanks. Yeah, of course. Okay, so listen, you can't tell that my running hoodie is a women's hoodie, but I knew. And when I wore it, I felt like I was flying. And I couldn't explain it at the time, but I can now. It was gender euphoria, and it was the first time I'd ever experienced it in my life. There's a whole Trans Tuesday on gender euphoria, if you'd like more on that. But as I've said so many times, my go-to metaphor for my gender dysphoria was being held underwater and drowning, and nobody could see. It was constant pain and pressure and agony for your entire life. And there's a whole Trans Tuesday on that too. So when even the tiniest amount of that got better, the pressure decreased and a weight lifted, like I was rising to the surface, into the sky or flying. 
So much so I started to think of this hoodie as my cape because it let me fly like a superhero and helped me become my true self. There's a photo of me in this hoodie in the thread version of this as well, if you want to see it. It's nothing special, but it is my cape and I love it. And flying is also used to represent gender euphoria throughout the entire Matrix film franchise. I'm again going to plug that I wrote 24 threads about the intentional trans allegories of those movies, and they got me a book deal. It'll be out summer 2023. Yeah, stay tuned. More details coming. But I any, love that you never intended to write that many threads about the no, intentional. No. You're like, I then... thought it would be one thread on one movie. <laughs> uh, it's a whole book now. Oops, I wrote a book. Okay. Anyway, back in 2015, when spring rolled around, I went back to Target and I got a pair of women's running shorts. And I went back again the next winter and got a pair of women's running tights. And then I found women's running shoes that worked great for my feet and actually fit me. I was running in almost all women's clothing and nobody knew but me and Susan. I didn't hide this from her. And though it would be years before I could medically and socially begin my transition, running and exercise saved me because they allowed me to start my transition without anyone in public knowing before I was ready to tell them. I hacked my body and got it closer to what I wanted it to be, closer to the true me. Thank you again so much for being here, Jack. I love talking to you. You've had some really great insights and uh, I hope people out there have learned a lot. Well, thank you so much, Tilly. If if I could just add one more thing. I love your story about your about your cape. You yeah. know what what really was for me, and I, I love that you use the superhero analogy, but uh, I recently, and this is me finally getting to a place, like I said, I, I recently lost all this weight. So I'm just now getting to those places of feeling that real gender euphoria. Yeah. Uh, but one of the first things that actually did it for me was um, just after Halloween, I may or may not have bought a spider-man costume uh awesome just i mean my five-year-old self all the way up is like yeah super super ecstatic every time i even see this thing but the fact that it fit me was like mind-blowing and yeah you talk about gender euphoria that is my that is my superhero suit uh literally so I love that. that is beautiful. I love that. And like, th- those are the things that pre-transition we never could have in a million years thought of, right? And it's such simple things can bring you so much joy. It's absolutely amazing. I love that story. I'm so glad you shared it. Yeah, thank you. It's, it is so important to find the things that make you happy. Yes. You know, and especially like you're saying with the, with the body hacking thing, I mean, I think a lot of times we get into these places where it, things feel so daunting. It feels so like, oh, oh man, I have to lose all this weight. Uh, I have to change this thing. And the right. idea of change seems so big and so heavy. And so, you know, it's very easy to get into that headspace of like, we're going to talk about doing this thing, but we're not going to actually do it because yeah. sometimes we don't know where to start and all of those things. But I think what's important and something that you said earlier, and I think also I have felt is that idea of like, we can take our time. There is no, there's no urgency. I mean, there is, you know, if, if you're feeling like this is an urgent thing for my health or whatever, sure, do your thing. But there's nobody who's actually standing there with a time clock saying, you have 30 days to lose this much weight or whatever. (laughs) Those limitations are things we impose on ourselves. So set yourself up for success. Like, think about what are the things you really need in order to be successful? Like for myself with trying to lose this weight, 
if I if I just said like, oh my goodness, I have to lose 75 pounds, I'm gonna feel like that is so much weight and to the point where like uh, I'm not I'm not actually doing anything about it. But yeah. if I what I did, what helped me go from that overall you know, feeling of being overwhelmed was I just told myself, you know what, I just need to lose five pounds. And I just broke it down into those five pound increments. And every time I hit that five pound milestone, I really celebrated myself in, in, by investing in myself. Maybe that was, maybe I could buy myself a new shirt, or maybe that was me spending a little bit of time doing something fun that I wanted to do for the week. But I mean, those, those milestones and breaking things down into a a way that's like measurable and makes it actually attainable. That's how you get to those goals. Not by overwhelming yourself and, you know, demanding this perfectionism from yourself and, and feeling like, ah, if I, if I mess up one time, I've got to start all over again. Cause that's also not true. Like, you know, I, I do intermittent for me, Intermittent fasting has been really, really uh, important to my journey mm-hmm. and for myself. Like there's days when I don't do any fasting. Maybe, you know, it's a Friday night. My wife and I actually want to have a couple drinks. So we we end up uh, drinking or eating a little bit late or whatever. But like the next day, I don't shame myself and beat myself up and say, like, oh, that's it. I'm a failure because now I missed one day of intermittent fasting. And then traditional behaviors was that's what I did to myself. I would beat myself up for not having this perfect record. And then I just went down a rabbit hole of like beating myself up and perpetuating more bad behaviors. And then it was waiting until I was, was done beating myself up and then recovered enough to get motivated all over again. Whereas this time I, you know, I had to like really be honest with myself and say, look, I'm not trying to do this for today. I want this to be, I'm making changes to the rest of my life. I'm going to be healthier, period. And so, you know, I don't have to be perfect. And if I don't fast today, that's fine. I need to do it tomorrow. Uh, And if I don't do it tomorrow, that's okay too. But, you know, just, I say, be gentle with yourself, whatever changes you want to make. Don't impose all those ridiculous limitations, um, especially when, for myself, I, I am one that very often it's, it's easy for me to feel like this is what everybody else is expecting from me. And that if Mm -hmm. I am not perfect, then other people are going to say, yeah, other people are so wrapped up in their own lives. They're not worried about what I'm doing and not doing. Yeah. And so, yeah, just, that's, that's, I guess that would be my kind of advice for anybody who is looking to hack their bodies and make some changes is to just realize that like you can take your time don't don't rush into things don't put false pressure on yourself like be gentle because at the end of the day we should all be focused on healing right now anyway and this is how we get to a healthier society uh let alone healthier individuals is by taking the time to be kind to ourselves setting ourselves up for success and lifting each other up so like for you tilly I am so proud of you and all that you shared, especially with this journey, because I understand those fears and those anxieties. And I, I also know how difficult it can be to push past that. But the fact that you did it is amazing. And because of that, look at how many other lives are being impacted positively by watching you 
transition and watching your journey and listening to this podcast. I mean, the things that you are doing um, just in living your truth is so powerful for so many people. So I'm super proud of you for pushing past all of that. Well, thank you so much. And I think that's really true for, for all of us. The more visible any of us are, if it is safe for you to be so and you're comfortable being that way, it always helps others because if we can see it, we can be it. I know that I saw other uh, trans people before I transitioned who did it and posted photos and talked about their transition and it helped me so much think it was something that I could do. So I definitely want to try to give that to other people. And I also want to say that what you said um, is very important about being kind to yourself. I would sometimes, if I missed a run or a day of, of push-ups or something, I would beat myself up over it. And what broke me out of that was realizing that if Susan had a similar plan, would I be mad at her? because she missed a day or something. And no, of course I wouldn't be. I'd say, that's okay. You're human. You'll get back to it tomorrow or the day after or whenever that is. So be as kind to yourself as you would be to anyone else. All of us humans hack our bodies in lots of different ways. Trans folks are just like cis folks in that way. We may do different things to hack our bodies, but we're all still doing the same basic thing for the same basic reason, to feel better, to help ourselves live better lives. Hack those bodies when you need to, friends, whatever that means for you. Do what you need to live, to be better, and to be you. Tilly Bridges, End Transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges, with audio editing and sound mixing by Jillian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at tillybridges at mastodon.social, at facebook.com slash tillysbridges, and on Insta at heckyeahtillybridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at TillysTransTuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. Pens? Pins, not pens. Pins!